Welcome to the Spitballing Podcast. I'm Austin, here with Reed. How's everybody doing? Uh, we're going to have some fun today. A little World Series preview, position-by-position uh, position breakdown. Um, and we're going to give our take as to who has the advantage, and then uh, do a little prediction time at the end to close things out. Yeah, so we're hoping to probably get one more episode out before the World Series is over. Obviously, that depends on how long the series goes, and you'll get our thoughts on that towards the end of the episode after we give our position-by-position breakdown. Uh, We're happy to be here. Again, just two guys chatting about the best game in the world. Uh, We've got some baseball going on, so it's going to be a little while before we get any more baseball. This is the last two teams, last series, so we're uh, we're happy to break it down for you guys. Um, Again, just a reminder, follow us on Twitter at pod underscore spitballing if you have any takes, and uh, we're just going to go ahead and uh, get started here. Reed's going to break down a couple positions. I'll break down a couple. We'll give our opinion. And then uh, we'll set you guys up for the World Series. So, uh, Reed, you want to get us started on the pitching? Yeah. So, um, starting pitching, Braves obviously have that trio of uh, Charlie Morton, Max Freed, Ian Anderson. And then for the Astros, we've got uh, Fran Valdez and Jose Arquiti. Um, they would have uh, Lance McCullough Jr., but um, unfortunately – uh, missed the entire ALCS, and it is looking like he will miss um, the World Series as well. So it looks like his season is over. Um, Valdez and Urquidy both pitched well in their last starts to close out that ALCS. Um, Morton Freed and Anderson, however, didn't eat up a ton of innings, um, or at least at least as many innings as um, Brian Snicker would like them to have eaten. Um, so. I think it kind of comes down to who's able to bridge the gap between their, their best bullpen guys. Um, like I said, Braves trio hasn't been pitching, you know, phenomenally. Um, whereas the Astros duo there has been pitching really well. Um, but I think the overall season, the overall track record is going to speak for itself. And I think that's going to even out a little bit more here in the world series. Um, so I think the Braves have the advantage here. Um, I'm curious to what you think though. Um, you know, with this starting pitching, you've got um, it's it's interesting because, like you said, the um, the Braves didn't necessarily get a lot of innings out of their guys. Um, whereas I wouldn't say that um, the Astros did either. I mean, Lance McCullough in the postseason, oh, no, yeah, and, but uh, Lance McCullough in the postseason did five and two. Or five and a third innings on average in his two games that he started did have a point eight four ERA, so you know, pretty good. Um, you got Greinke started twice. I mean, or no, sorry, started once. Is that right? Yeah, started once, only went two point one. Um, not great. You got Arkady, so you know, not not the greatest, but the I think the difference is going to come in the bullpen in this series, but um. I think you've got guys that even if Morton, Freed, or An- and Anderson give you three and uh, two thirds or four and a third, which is typically what they've been giving, I think that you're going to be fine. Now the difference is, I think when you're in Houston, you're going to see you're going to see these guys go deeper into the game as long as they've got it, because you know obviously you have the DH and that changes a lot of things. I think even more so this year than. Um, in years past, the Braves have some hot bats, and we'll get to that. Um, and that matters with this starting um, pitching. I don't think necessarily that the Astros have bad starting pitching. I think Framber Valdez has a very good chance to, you know, th- this isn't going to be a sweep. Like, this series is going to go a few yeah. games. I'll 
spoiler, but you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's definitely not gonna be a sweep. And so you're gonna see Fran Bravadas probably at least twice. Um and I think he, he goes deep into at least one of those games, um, especially if one of those games is in Houston. So I think you gotta watch out for that um in game one. Mm-hmm. Um or game two, depending on which one they throw him out on the bump for. Um if they want to start a Keedy first, not entirely sure just yet. Um but yeah, I, I think the Braves have a narrow edge here. Um, I do think it's very, very close, but um, it really comes out of the bullpen. But I think that the Braves are probably going to eat up more starting pitching innings. Yeah, no, um, I think, well, like we talked about in our last episode, Farmer Valdez, that eight-inning start he had, mm-hmm. um, it was really the only real length they got out of that, their starting pitching. So, um well, I'll just kind of leave that last thought out there. Um, I, I I do think it's a clear advantage for the Braves there, but uh, it'll be interesting to see who eats up mornings. Um, moving on to the bullpens, um, an interesting stat here. Um, the Braves trio of lefties, Matzik, Minter, and Will Smith, um, uh, two earned runs combined between uh, the three lefties there. Um, and then... For the Astros, their back, their main back end guys, Kendall Graveman and Ryan Presley, also have two combined earned runs um, this postseason. So um, those um, back end guys for both bullpens have been really, really, really good. Um, so for me, the question is whose front end pitches better, and specifically for the Braves, um, which one of their righties, um, the, the right handers coming out of that bullpen, um, can step up, whether it be either Luke Jackson or uh, Jacob Webb, who are two really, really key pieces in, um, in the bullpen, um, Jacob Webb to kind of bridge some middle innings. And then Luke Jackson was, um, one of the setup guys down the stretch for the Braves and, and pitched really well. Um, and both have kind of struggled this postseason. So I think, um, if the Braves get contribution from them, I think this is a clear advantage for the Braves, but if they don't, um, I think you're going to be asking a lot from those three lefties, um, who are, fastball pitchers, especially Matzik and the, the Astros hit the fastball oh, yeah. really, really well better than anybody else in the league. So if they don't get contribution from those two right-handers, um, those two right-handers throw are, you know, relatively hard throwing, but they also have, um, for Jackson, his slider that he relies on really heavily and for Jacob Webb, his changeup that he relies on. So I think that's something that if they pitch well, that they, that you kind of throw off the balance of that Astros offense. So if they pitch well, I think this is a clear advantage for the Braves. If not, I, I'm leaning towards the Astros. But overall, um, I think the Braves have the advantage here. I I think I disagree, but it's really not by much. Again, this is the bullpens actually are more fascinating to me than the starting pitching. Um, and the, oh, yeah, the only reason that I think that I'm giving the edge to the Astros is I'm getting I'm getting really big. Astros Chapman vibes right now from uh, either Luke Jackson or even Will Smith. I know he's pitched really well, but um, as you've known throughout the season, he's been a little little shaky, a little scary when he comes up on the bump. Yeah, and so yeah. I think that, especially with throwing all those fastballs, like if you've got Correa or Altuve or um, one of those guys up to the plate, Jordan Alvarez, obviously. And so if you've got one of those guys up to the plate and they, they see a fastball, high a little bit up in the zone they're, they're going to grab that thing and they're going to get a hold of it and it's going to go um into the bleachers so i i'm scared of that a little bit i wish that um that the braves had a little more on their breaking balls not to say that they're bad but you know they throw a lot of fastballs and you know that can be effective but you know they just went up against 
a very good hitting team, obviously, in the Dodgers. And then um, before that, they, they were fortunate enough to get the Brewers. And so I didn't really have to worry too much about letting up runs there. It was more so the pitching mm-hmm. that they had to contend with. And so right. I, I think that, you know, Graveman and Presley are going to be really good coming out of the pen. Um, they've got a couple other guys in the front end of their um, bullpen that you don't necessarily you don't necessarily worry about, but you know, they, they might not give you their absolute best worried about, you know, like guys like, um, you got Taylor, obviously you got uh, Matt and Stanek. So you know, they, they've got, um, Odorizzi as well. Um, yeah. Who may or may not get some play. You know, he didn't look great in his outing. He'll, he'll probably get started is what I'm thinking. He may get a start later, um, like around like game four. Or so after they've burned their, uh, front end guys, but he he could come out of the pen. He he did um, in a low leverage situation. So I, I think I give the advantage to the Astros, but it is it's pretty close. Um, one last thought before I hand over the catching to you is um, that uh, Astros bullpen um, high strikeouts per nine, um, high strikeout rates. So and if anything can shut down this Braves offense is striking out. Um, and I've seen that yeah. firsthand. Um, so uh, if you're talking to a Yankees fan, you don't have to mention anything about strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if they can strike out these these Braves hitters, especially that um, that top of the lineup with um, Albies um, and uh, and Freeman and and Rosario, um, Astros have a really really good chance at winning the series. Absolutely. So then up next, we've got some catchers to talk about. Um, I think we're mostly going to see Darno and Maldonado. I don't really foresee um, any platooning, really. I, Contreras might play a little bit. Um, I, I really think don't he think... Might, I think he's mostly there for a late inning um, pinch hit. If, if yeah, if, especially in Atlanta. I don't think you're going to see him in Houston hardly at all. And then you've got Castro for the... Astros, I don't think he's really going to play either. So you're really seeing a Travis Darno versus Maldonado um, competition here. And it's it's going to come down to defensively, um, simply because these guys are choices of hitting the ball. I mean, they're catchers, and so you, you, can, you can kind of understand that. I mean, Darno has not had a, had a good season at the plate, no? No, he's uh, th- this season at the plate, he hit 220 uh, with a 284 OBP. Um, and he's, he's hitting a little bit worse um, beginning on base at a higher clip here in the postseason hitting 194 but you know a 324 OBP that's not too bad um, and then you look at Maldonado and Maldonado in the postseason hitting 0.069 nice um, with a 156 OBP so absolutely atrocious but you know defensively what he brings to the plate um, you know he's got that experience he's a little bit older now I mean Darno is what um 31, 32 years old, whereas Maldonado, I think, is 34, something like that. He might even be older than that. He's somewhere around there. I want to yeah, say he's around um, 34, 35. He's been, with a, he's been dealing with a thumb injury all year. It's, it's what kept him out for close to 90 games this year. So um, hitting with a with a hurt thumb is kind of tough. Um, but Maldonado, that defense, I think, is – it's everything for the Astros, especially with the other bats that they have in that lineup. So I don't think you're too concerned with his offense at all. Yeah, and I think that's why I have to give the edge here to the Astros. Not to say Darno's awful. Darno's a good defensive catcher. But, I mean, it's Maldonado. And if you're not going to get any hitting from either side, you're going to take Maldonado over Darno. I'd agree, yeah. 
Uh, moving on, we got first baseman. This one, this one's fun. Um, you obviously got Freddie, you know, the NL MVP from last season. Um, he's had a really good postseason. You know, he's hitting uh, 296. Um, but then you look at Guriel. Guriel's batting 333. Um, and he's got to keep that up against the Braves pitching staff if they want to have a chance in this series. Um, you know, getting that production out of your corners, super, super important. I mean, especially when you're, I mean, obviously not going straight up against, but in, at least in this comparison, going up against Freddie Freeman, a guy who can get hot. I mean, he hit a home run exactly when they needed it. He's hit three home runs this postseason. He's got a 455 mm-hmm. OBP and a 1.072 OPS. So, Guriel, although he's got a 333 average, he's only hit one home run with a 381 OBP and an 817 OPS. So, it, it's a really good matchup. I think that um, in totality, if you're looking at it, from a non-biased standpoint, you probably say that Freddie's the better player, but Guriel might be playing better right now. But, I mean, that's also subjective because if you look at the numbers, obviously Freddie with a much better OBP is walking at a higher clip. Um, so it really just depends on what you're looking for. I personally probably am going to give the edge to um, to Freddie. Um, a big reason for that as well is um, – I think he can just pick it over there on first base, man. He's really good with the glove there. I I think that that's why I have to go with him there. You know, possible um, future future Yankee Freddie Freeman. So um, I don't don't. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, I I think you have to give it to uh, to Freddie here, um, simply you know out of respect, really. Um, And again, two ninety four and four fifty five with a one dot oh seven two is is nothing to scop at. It's a really good slash line. So. I think Guriel is going to do well, but I think I have to give the edge to Freddie. What say you? Uh, yeah, like I said, I think you take the pedigree. Um, Freddie Freeman in his first World Series ever. Um, I think yep. maybe game one or two, he comes out with maybe a little bit of nerves. He's pressing a little bit, just kind of like he did um, the first two games of that um, NLCS. But I think, you know, after he gets a couple of bats, he gets his feet under him. And I think you see the Freddie Freeman that we've, you know, seen for the last you know three four years the guy that you know when the game is on the line and there's a base open um you're not going to let him beat you in that situation so i think um ready gives the braves a clear advantage at first base this series i think there's a there's a good chance too that we see um some free bases given to freddie like we did there towards, oh, yeah. towards the end of the nlcs so that just shows you the respect that this league has for that guy when you're walking someone uh, mm-hmm. there in the postseason so you want to uh, take away second and third base? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Ozzy Albies um, has been a little bit streaky, um, streaker than you'd like him to be this season. Um, but, you know, still 30 home run season, you know, with the defense that he's been been putting out. Maybe the advanced stats don't exactly back up um, that he's had a great defensive season, but I think um, – just the, the raw footage, and I think that's similar to Austin Riley, who we'll talk about in a second. Um, the, the raw footage of him defensively, I think, speaks for itself um, as him being a solid defender over there at second base. Um, I think defensively, it's kind of a wash between him and Altuve. Mm-hmm. Um, but Altuve, I think, where, where he takes the cake is he's a career 292 hitter with a um, 923 OPS, 21 bombs, and nearly 50 RBI and under 300 career postseason postseason appearances. Um, the Braves just need Ozzy to get some big hits, which he had a couple um, in game one, getting on base um, and eventually scored that winning run. And then in the first inning of game six against the Dodgers, 
um, where he doubled with two outs and then was eventually hidden by Austin Riley to give the Braves the, the first run of that game. Um, so if, if, if he continues to be able to come up with big hits, two, uh, two out hits, two out RBIs, um, even if he hits a couple homers, um, which the Braves would definitely like to see, um, I think you could see Ozzy Albies having the better series, but I think the advantage, um, like I said, with that um, um, postseason stat line, you know, postseason menace, Jose Altuve, um, the advantage goes to the Astros here. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it better than anyone. Um, Altuve is he's insane. I think that there is a better than not chance that he, at the very least, ties, but probably breaks um, into second place in all-time postseason home runs so that – that distinction and honor is currently held by um, former Yankee Bernie Williams. Um, he's got 22, and then obviously number one is good old Manny Ramirez uh, with 29. I think that there's there's a decent chance that Altuve is probably going to, by the time he retires, be the all-time leader in postseason home runs. Um, he'll probably be the first person to get up into that 30 mark. And so just with that, you kind of are forced to take Altuve here. But, I mean, Albies has been fine this postseason. He hasn't been spectacular. He's been... Um, decent with the glove, not spectacular. Um, his career postseason stats. He's some web yeah, he's, he's he's got some some good plays, but I mean, not not more really than Altuve. He's been he's been good over there. He hasn't been fantastic. Um, not specifically, oh, yeah. absolutely stand out. And so, career postseason three hundred OBP, sitting right. Of, I mean, he's sitting right around his averages right now. Um, almost half of his postseason stats have been from this season, anyways. Whereas Altuve with almost 300 at-bats, as you mentioned, in the postseason. Um, his average is a little down right now, um, which is kind of surprising, but he's still getting on base at a 327 clip, only batting 200. Mm-hmm. But those home runs, man, he just he, he comes up when it matters. Um, you know, this postseason, he's got three home runs with seven ribbies. Um, and so I, I think the edge is going to go to Altuve here um, just because when he steps up to the plate, even though even if he's hitting 200, average and you know only getting on base at a 327 and again only getting on base at a 327 um he is a threat to hit one out every time he comes up to the plate so gonna go with yeah. Altuve here especially in Houston especially in oh, Houston. Yeah. um moving on to third base we've got Austin Riley and Alex Bregman um Austin Riley had kind of a cold series after game one of the NLCS um, but I think similarly to first base, I think the track records, um, specifically I'd say this season rather than over, um, the whole career, as I mentioned with Freddie, but specifically this season with Austin Riley, we've talked about it before, um, over 300 battery average, over hundred RBIs, over 30 home runs this season. Whereas, uh, Bregman, his numbers were kind of down this year, only at 12 home runs with 55 RBIs, um, so you'd like to see him produce a little bit more um, than he has been throughout the season. Um, and you'd like to see Austin Riley kind of find the groove at the bat again a little bit. Um, so either way, I think the advantage goes to the Braves, um, just solely based on, you know, how they've performed throughout the season and, you know, just who's been better. Interestingly enough, if you, if you, Gave me this comparison at the end of the season. Obviously, you're taking Austin Riley. It's not even close or a discussion. You know, the man was uh, probably my fourth or fifth MVP candidate. You know, he's, I know you have opinion on that, but regardless, mm-hmm. he was he was very good. Um, but here in the postseason, man, he's he's just been struggling. Whereas um, it seems as though um, 
Bregman's. I'd say uh, that, I'd honestly say they're about wash. Yeah, it's 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 very close. If Bregman wasn't on, I mean, I, I don't want to say he's on a hot streak. I mean, he's batting two eighty two with three sixty four OBP and a seven forty eight OPS. But then you know you look at Austin Riley, and you know during the season he's got a um, a three hundred three batting average, and he's dropped down to two fifty. Um, and the OBP has dropped down almost just as much, dropping from a three sixty seven to a three hundred two. So, you know, yeah, not great, not a good look for him. Um, but I mean, it is the postseason, so you're facing the best of the best, and so I can understand that. Um, and again, half of his postseason at bats have been from this season as well. This is a a young core here for Atlanta uh, in the infield, and so beyond Freddie, at least, um, you know, he's only 24 years old, and so I I think I'm gonna take Bregman. Um, as of right now, uh, you know, a little bit more experience. He's got really? 250 um, postseason career abs. Um, defensively, I think you know Riley's probably got a little bit stronger of an arm it's pretty close um i do like austin riley a lot i think he's a very good player and he's going to be a really good player for the Braves for a long time but i think if you're if you're giving it to me right now probably taking Bregman. fair enough um like i said i think they're both kind of like uh, their current postseason stats for this year um pretty even um you know bregman has homer five rbis batting 282 um, 7.48 OPS, whereas Austin Riley, two homers, five RBI is kind of the same boat there. 2.50 average with a 7.52 OPS. Um, I, I I do get where you're coming from with the postseason experience, but I think um, the track record this season speaks for itself. Um, let's see. I, I, to short I think. Round. Well, w- one last thing, real quick. I think yeah. it comes back to sort of what we were um, talking about with like Al- Altuve. Um, the fact that like you know he's gonna come good, and Austin Riley's probably gonna come good, um, but you you can't know that for sure. So, um, oh, yeah, 100%. so we'll see how that goes. Um, this is the most interesting position for me. Um, I think it's got a clear clear winner, but I still want, I'm I'm very interested to see this because well, first off, you got Dansby Swanson at short. Um, sure. Defensively, fantastic, R- great shortstop. Um, you know makes plays over there that um, make you ooh and ah and you know thank you that one day this kid's going to win a gold glove and so he's he's very very good over there he's very good over there at short but then man unfortunately he's got to go up against Carlos Correa future Yankee shortstop by the way Um, you know so when you're going up against Carlos Correa who is you know almost just as much of a postseason menace as Altuve is um that's gonna be that's gonna be tough for you to tough for you to beat. I mean, we look at um, we look at Dansby's numbers, and you know, been two thirty seven with two thirty seven OBP and a five hundred OPS, not great. Um, whereas you look at Correa, he's been two ninety seven with a three ninety five OBP um, and an eight five five OPS, which um, pretty much sit right around his averages. He's actually hitting better this postseason than um, his career averages, and so he's. He's been very, very good. Um, defensively, you're getting pretty good production out of him. I think Dansby's probably a better defender. But, um, you know, it's it's debatable, sure. But I think Dansby's a little bit better there. But I think combining what you get at the plate from Correa with what Dansby gives you, you have to go Correa there. Um, but I think that there's there's a, D, a better than not chance that you see uh, Dansby make one or two plays where you're like, wow, this kid's 27, about to hit the prime of his career. If he can get it. Um, 
handled the, there at the plate. He's gonna he's gonna have a pretty nice middle end of his career here. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think defensively, I think they're about a wash. Um, I actually think that Dansby's a better was, defender. I I I think Dansby's a better athlete, and I think that has allowed him to be to make flashier plays and make make plays sure. that maybe Correa couldn't. And that's not to say he's not the better defender, but I, I'd say honestly, um, um, they're they're more or less a wash. Um, Dansby's probably better, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, with Correa's offense, um, he, I think it just puts him. Uh, so much further ahead of of Dansby, so I think this well, is an advantage. I I think that it also matters the fact that, and it may not seem like a lot at first, but Dansby's six one, Correa is six four, so Correa is pretty lanky, and so it's a lot harder for him to be a little more athletic. Um, oh yeah, and so uh, you know, I mean, Dansby's six one one ninety versus Correa, who's six four two twenty, so he's he's got a little more power, and he's a bigger guy, which is good for him at the plate, and why I think that you you give the edge to Correa here, but you know, Dansby's a, I don't want to say he's compact. Obviously he's six foot one, but when you compare that to Correa six, four, you're going to, you're going to get a little more athleticism there. And um, he, he, well, he makes it look effortless yeah. out there on, um, in the, he's yeah, just so. a nat- more natural looking shortstop. Yeah. Um, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, I think Correa is maybe more of a third baseman than anything, yeah, but yep. his offense is just so much better than, than Dansby Swanson at this point. I think it's a clear advantage there. And moving on, we've got left field, which is also fun. Um, you got Eddie Rosario, the guy who was the NLCS MVP. I mean, the man absolutely raked. Um, there was a debate whether or not, and obviously these are just um, these are just projections. So obviously we don't know exactly who's going to start every game, but we're sort of just giving a breakdown of what we think they're going to line up as. Um, so if we are wrong, please forgive us, but. Um, we got Eddie Rosario, NLCS MVP, insane numbers in the postseason. He's hitting 474 um, with a 524 OBP with a 1.313 OPS. I mean, and the man is, had only had, what, I think, 23 postseason at-bats prior to this season, and he is just raking. He's got three homers, um, 11 RBIs. I mean, we talked about how good he was. Uh, last episode, and I mean, he, the thing is, it would be like, oh, well, that's that's fantastic. He's going up against a guy here who's probably going to be playing left field for the Astros and Michael Brantley, who, you know, about 200 career postseason at-bats, hitting 311 um, on OBP, also 311 with a 667 OPS. So Brantley's good. I mean, you have to give this to Rosario here. He is just the hottest bat um, in baseball and has been this postseason. Um, and I, I think also a big thing for Michael Brantley is that um, – He's hitting 311, but he has the same OBP, so he isn't walking. Um, and if he isn't walking, he's definitely not going to be walking against the Braves pitching. Um, and he also hasn't hit a home run yet. So I think Rosario is just going to be another hitting machine. I don't think that the Astros are going to be able to slow him down. So it's whether or not they can slow other guys down around him because, man, his bat is just hot right now. I think he's going to have a good chance to, uh, to keep it rolling. I think the only thing that puts this a little bit into question for me, and we'll talk about him a little bit later, is um, when we're in Atlanta, there's no DH for the Astros, do we see Jordan Alvarez in left field? I don't think and it's I likely. I think the answer is that you absolutely do. 
I, th- I think you absolutely do um, because you ha- there's no way you can take that bat out of the lineup. Um, I, I just think you have to have him in there somewhere. Um, even if you are losing a little bit of defense, I think his um, Alvarez's bat just brings so much value that it, it, play him in center field for, for all I care. Like you, you have to have him in the, the lineup somewhere. And we'll see, but I mean, I think if it's uh, if it's Rosario versus Brantley here, obviously you're you're going to take Eddie Rosario at the moment. I, I would agree. Um, Rosario, I think, has been just so so clutch for the Braves. Um, Michael Brantley, obviously, has been a professional hitter his entire career, um, but Rosario has just been a dude all postseason. Um, and and I think he's I'll take his power over um, Brantley's any day. So I think. Um, if it's Eddie Rosario versus Michael Brantley, I'm going to take Eddie Rosario. Um, but in terms of um, offense, if, if it's Jordan, Jordan Alvarez, Alvarez, I'm yeah. Jordan Alvarez over anybody on the planet right now. I don't disagree with you. Uh, you want to finish out the uh, outfield for us here? Yeah, let's do it. Um, center field. Um, obviously, Jake Myers probably not going to be playing this World Series. Um so we're going to see Jose Siri for the um, Astros, who has not been playing well um, at the plate. Um, but neither is Adam Duvall, the NL leader in RBIs. Um, other than game three, um, game three and four in uh, LA, um, not not a great LCS. Um, struck out a bunch, um, but for the most part, his entire career, he's been a, a, a three true outcome guy. Um, homers walks and strikeouts um so if he's not hitting home runs it just kind of seems like he's not really doing anything at all um so you'd like to see him come up with some huge two out rbi some two some huge two out home runs um adam duvall all year with runners in scoring position and two outs um has been so so clutch and he's a huge reason why the braves are here um or in the postseason uh, what i mean so i think if adam duvall hits um, if, if, if he gets a couple huge hits for the Braves, it's a clear advantage there um, in terms of his offense because he's been a really, really good defender in center field, um, making that um, running play in game four um, probably robbed a home run. Um, I don't know if it would have hit off the top of the wall or if it would have gone out, but um, either way, um, he's a good enough defender um, that if his bat is working, then I'd take him over just about anybody any day of the week, especially a guy in Jose Siri. Well, and, and I, I think that Jose Siri, there's a good chance that he um, that he starts, but I think um, right now, if you're the Astros, you might take, take Chas McCormick. Um, you know, this postseason, Jose Siri with 8 ABs, um, McCormick with 19, and uh, Siri's hitting 125, whereas McCormick's hitting 316. So I think mm-hmm. you, there's a very good chance that you see McCormick out there. Um, but but even still, I think you probably still take Duvall in this spot. I know Duvall slowed down a little bit um, here in the postseason compared to um, you know his 113 RBI performance in the regular season. But I think you know th- there's a lot of really good outfielders at the plate right now for the Braves, and I think that Duvall um, is likely to pick up his his bat just a little bit here um, in the coming days. But I think that it, if for some reason the Astros do choose to go with Siri, it's not even close, um, and you're taking Duvall. If they choose to go with McCormick, you might get a little bit closer of a 
competition there, but I think you probably still roll with Duvall. Sure. No, I agree. Uh, moving on to right field, we have um, for the Astros, it's going to be Kyle Tucker, uh, defensive wizard Kyle Tucker, and future MVP um, oh. is my prediction here. Um, the dude just hits line drives. Um, such a good hitter. Such um, a great um, defender in right field. Um, but then you got Jock Peterson. You got Jock Tober for the Braves. Um, uh, Jorge Soler will get the start um, probably at home um, in Atlanta is what I'm thinking. Um, but for now, it's been Jock Peterson. Um, and I think, you know, Jocktober, it speaks for itself. The pearls speak for themselves. Um, I, I would honestly say it's as close to a wash as we have, you know, offensively in, in any other position. Um, and, and right field defense isn't huge. So even though I think Kyle Tucker has the defensive edge, I, I don't think that gives him necessarily an advantage over Jock Peterson. Um, so I think, you know, head-to-head those two, I think as close to as a wash as we're going to get. Um, but I, 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 I Yeah, I, it's not that I disagree. I just, you know, looking at the numbers here, right, we've got Jock Peterson. You know, as much as everyone's saying it's Jocktober, baby, and and it is. Don't get me wrong. You know, Jock's hitting two seventy six, got a three twenty three OBP with a nine oh nine OPS, three homers. But then you look at what you get defensively from Kyle Tucker. The man is an absolute wizard, as you said out there. Well, he's also got four home runs, about two seventy five with a three ten OBP and a nine thirty four OPS. So, I think when you look at the offensive numbers, it's it's pretty close. Um, but then I look at what I get defensively from Kyle Tucker's, and I'm like, man, I, I got to take him here. I think if you give me a choice between Jock and Kyle, I'm taking Kyle. I think even if you you know throw in Solaire and what you're going to get out of him in uh, right field more than likely in Atlanta, I still think you take Kyle Tucker because what he's doing at the plate right now mixed with um, you know gold glove potential out there in right field, there's just no way for me to – take anyone besides Kyle Tucker out there in right field for this World Series. I think he's going to be a key to the Astros if they're going to win this World Series. I think he's going to have to come up with some big plays um, at the plate and in the field. So I'm going Kyle Tucker. Um, but it is close. I just I think that I give a slight edge to Kyle Tucker because of his glove out there. Probably. Had Soler not had COVID, um, I think maybe I'd take Soler over Tucker. Um, yep. But you just don't know what you're going to get right now. You don't know, like, what his, um, if he's, like, fully 100%, like, health-wise in terms of, like, endurance and stuff like that. Um, you know, last year when everybody had COVID, it, it seemed like, you know, everybody struggled when they had first came back from that. Right. Um, so you don't know what entirely you're going to get. So uh, I'm going to be with you taking Kyle Tucker here, no matter who it is and right for the Braves. Um, so why don't you talk about DHs for us? Yeah, and I think that, you know, for DHs for Houston, it's a very obvious who's going to be um, there at the plate. Obviously, we've got a few different options here for uh, for the Braves. Um, I think that there's probably four guys who we haven't slotted into a starting position who could possibly play DH. I think that there's obviously um, Solaire, who's the more likely one. 
Um, you got Heredia, who's probably going to come in as a base runner, probably not going to be hitting um, yeah, very much again. Yeah. Like the same with Orlando Arcia, you're probably not going to see him coming in um, as well. But I think, you know, you Adrianza as well also could come in doubtful. You know, he's he's had a few few ABs um, this postseason, but again, I think in uh, game six against the Dodgers. And, and the thing is that that was his only his only hit for the entire postseason so far. And so not to say that he but couldn't he also, come in there. throughout the season was one of the best bench bats in the league. Uh, yeah, and as far he, as he, yeah, he had 182 at bats. A lot of those did not come in starts, and he still managed to uh, hit right just under 250 for average, um, right under 330 for OBP and a 728 um, OPS. And so, I think he's most likely underneath Soler to be the uh, Braves DH. But again, looking at um, the Soler numbers. This postseason, not great. 154 average with the 267 OBP and a 574 OPS. But, you know, his totals in postseason career, you know, 289 average, 429 OBP with a 1.073 OPS. So, really good. And this season, I mean, he batted 223, which isn't great. But, I mean, it's pretty good. He was especially hot there at the end of the season with a, you know, 316 OBP and a 749 OPS. So, I think with all the hot bats that you have in the outfield right now for Atlanta, Solaire's probably your best bet um, right now to get in there. And again, he might start in right field um, for Jock Peterson in Atlanta. Um, but regardless, I think either Jock or Solaire in Houston is probably going to be your DH. But I mean, they're going up against they're going up against Jordan Alvarez here. Where I mean, the man, twenty four years old, out of Cuba. This postseason, he has 34 ABs. He's got 15 hits with two home runs, batting 441, 535 OBP with a 1.329 OPS. I mean, it's like you said, if if you're playing in Atlanta, you're you're you have to play him in the outfield. I think looking at those numbers because you cannot take that bat out of the lineup. The man is absolutely crushing the ball. It's not even that he's hitting singles; like he's hitting doubles. He's, you know, pretty sure he had a he had a triple um, that last game against the Red Sox, um, and obviously, you know, with those two homers, and he is a threat to hit the ball out as well. And, and when you combine him in that lineup, I mean, it's like you said with the Dodgers, you don't get a break in their lineup. I mean, with the Astros, you really don't either. I mean, you got Maldonado, obviously, he's not going to be the best hitter, and a couple other guys in that lineup that we've talked about, but. I mean, it's Jordan Alvarez. The man is going to get his. He's probably going to hit around 400 in this series, and if he does, it's going to set Houston up really, really well for yeah. um, for success. And so, I think this is an obvious, very obvious take for Jordan Alvarez here. Yeah, I think it's the most uh, one of the more obvious, um, you know, decisions in terms of who has an advantage here. Um, I think I take Jordan Alvarez over just about anybody on the planet right now. Um, I, I just don't think it's close, no matter if it's you know Soler or um, or, or Peterson, and, and not to say those guys aren't bad. You know, obviously yep. it's Jocktober. Um, Soler has been really, really big for the Braves after you know acquiring him from the Royals. Um, but it's Jordan Alvarez we're talking about, so I, I think it's just enough said there. You know, um, so that said, um, real quick we before we recap uh, of. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, real quick before we go into um, go into that recap and then into our predictions. Uh, 
we didn't have this in the show notes, so Reed doesn't know that I'm about to ask him this, but who are you taking? Are you taking Dusty Baker or are you taking Brian Snicker? Um, gosh. I, I think it's a fair question. Um, Both of them have been great this postseason. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I think um, Brian Snicker had a great NLCS, and I think he outmanaged Dave Roberts. Um, but Dusty Baker is Dusty Baker, you know? Um, as a baseball fan, I'd love to see Dusty Baker win a World Series. Um, but unfortunately, as a Braves fan, I'd like to see him uh, not win this not one. Not get there this season. Um, but I, I think what it comes down to is over the course of the season, I've seen Brian Snicker mismanage the pitching staff just a little bit. I, he's made a couple of moves with that bullpen. Um, that are little head scratching. Um, and honestly, this postseason, even he's made a couple moves pinch hitting wise um, using Orlando Arcia in spots that maybe you shouldn't be using a guy like Orlando Arcia, um, regardless of, um, you know, what he's done in the postseason, you know, when he was with the Brewers. Um, I, I, I got to give it to Dusty Baker here. Yeah. I took the words out of my mouth. I don't really have much to add. I just wanted to hear your thought on that. I think, I think Snicker's a good manager, but oh, yeah, I'm going to go with Dusty here. So uh, go ahead and recap for us, Reed. Yes. So I know we disagreed on a couple, um, but for starting pitching, I had the Braves bullpen. I had the Braves. I think you had the Astros, didn't you? Um, uh, bullpen, catching, yeah. I think we both had the, uh, catching, we both had the Astros. Um, first base, we both had the Braves. Second base, we both had uh, Altuve. Third base, I think we disagreed. I had Austin Riley. That's having the advantage for the Braves, and I think you had Bregman, if yep. I'm not mistaken. And then the shortstop, we both had um, Correa being the um, yep future Yankee shortstop. You know, you keep telling yourself that. I think every, everybody's a future Yankee for you. Absolutely. Um, left field, I think we both gave the advantage to the Braves. Center field, we both gave the advantage to the Braves. Um, right field, we both gave the advantage to Kyle Tucker. And then DHing um, speaks for itself. Jordan Alvarez over anybody else on, on planet Earth right now. And then uh, managing, we also gave that to Dusty, uh, Dusty Baker. Baker. Yes. All right, Reed. It's the end of the season. This is the final prediction that we're gonna have. Um, game one starts off in Houston. Houston's got home field advantage for this World Series. What is your prediction for the you World know, Series? Who do you got winning the MVP? Um, I think the, um, MVP, I'll start, I'll start off with that. I'll do go a little backwards here. Um, I think it's going to be Jordan Alvarez. I think he continues to tear the cover off the baseball. Um, I think, um, that Braves bullpen, that back end, those lefties, um, those hard throwing lefties, um, fastball throws that we've got in that bullpen. I think they're going to get hit around a little bit. Um, and I think, the Astros are going to strike the Braves out enough. I think it's going to be Astros in six. It's it's funny that you uh, that you say that because you and I did not talk about um, our predictions beforehand. I almost went. You were on Alvarez for MVP. I decided against it, um, but it, I was very close. I still think he's going to hit the heck out of the ball, but I'm actually going to go with I'm going to go with Carlos Correa. Um, really, I think what he's going to give you at the plate combined with what he's going to give you in the field, I think 
that's he's going to make a couple plays as well. I know we we talked a little bit about how he isn't going to be the you know the greatest defender, but I, I for some reason just I think he's going to give you like one or two good plays out there. Um, and I I have this picture that I can't get out of my head of Freddie Freeman at the plate in Game Six, grounding out to shortstop Carlos Correa, throwing it to first base Yuri Gurriel, and getting the final out of the game. I I also am going to take Astros in six. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good series. I think that there's a chance he can go seven, and I hope that I'm wrong. I would like to see the Braves win it, but I think uh, the Houston Asterisks are probably going to be your 2021 World Series champions. Uh, they're just they're a complete team. I know I know if you look at our predictions of who we think has the edge, position by position, we you probably think we're going for the Braves here, but I think if you just look at the teams as a whole and how they complement each other. Um, as teams, I think that, that is what is going to set the Astros apart from the Braves. I think that the Braves have a lot of really good pieces, and I think that they, um, you know, they obviously have a chance in this series. They've played very, very well. But when it comes down to it, I think that Dusty Baker managing these Astros, um, that's what's going to put them over the top, and they're gonna they're gonna take home the World Series title. Yeah, no, uh, I think Dusty Baker gets his his World Series title. I think. Um... Michael Brantley gets his first World Series title. Obviously, I'd like it to be the Braves. Um, I just think the Astros are just a little bit too much to overcome, especially for you know this Braves team that's been through a lot this year. Um, but it, this has a, been a fantastic postseason. I hope it goes seven games. Um, That'd be fun. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun series, I think. Uh, and I think we're in for a real treat. All righty. Well, hopefully we're wrong. Uh, hopefully we can see the Braves hoist the World Series trophy uh, when it's all said and done. But if not, it's been a really fun season, you guys. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to us here for the tail end of it. We are looking forward to some off-season podcasts and you know talking about baseball year year round. There's always something to talk about, and so um, make sure that you're following us and giving us your hot takes uh, at on Twitter at pod underscore spitballing. Reed, you got anything uh, final to say? Um. You know what? Go Braves. Go Braves. Is this a Braves podcast? We go Braves. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening.